Hello, and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, now we are here with a club update, this time talking all things Crystal Palace with Jay, who you may know from his many appearances here, also the Eagles Beak and the Meridian Sports Show. Uh, Jay, a pleasure having you on. Uh, We talked about and bemoaned, really, that you weren't able to come on the show last weekend because Crystal Palace finally went and won on the opening week. Yeah. Hello, Kev. Um, thanks for having us back on. Um, yeah, it's great to be uh, on to talk about Palace. I, I did listen to the podcast that you recorded the weekend, which I uh, was unable to join, but uh, <laughs> a lot of nice comments about Palace, which was nice to hear, particularly from uh, uh, from you guys. So, uh, yeah, it's good to come on and uh, chat about Palace. And, yeah, first win of the season, first game of the season. Uh, it's, uh, it seems a far cry from the start of last season. So, uh, very happy. Yeah, uh, break that match down for us. Uh, obviously, um... Fulham seem to be a, a big threat coming up. Uh, their first match in the Premier League. It's not really a draw you want to get uh, for the first match of the season. But how did you approach that one and, and end up winning it? Well, we know only too well. After last season, we we played a team uh, who won, who came up through the playoffs, very similar yeah. to Fulham. Um, we lost three 0 at home to Huddersfield on the first day of last season. We know how the season uh, went after a few games after that for us. So. Um, yeah, it's always difficult to play a new side, and and, and probably more so with with a Fulham side that and you know, had a few changes, spent a bit of money, which is well publicised, and I'm not going to be critical about that. Um, but you know, Fulham started with uh, you know, a few new. I think they started with four new signings in their side, and it's always you're never quite sure. It's a little bit like when I when I play fantasy football. You've probably done it, Kev, as well. When you first pick your squad at the start of the season, it's really difficult to know who's going to have that immediate impact to start with. So you tend to go with you know some of the some of the ones that you know will probably start well rather than any, any new signings. But pretty similar to Fulham, really, and uh, you, know, you don't quite know what the likes of Scherler and uh, and Ryan Federicks and, and a few and, and the goalkeeper might add to add to the side. And obviously, all the uh, you know excitement and exuberance of a, of a brand new season in the Premier League, you're kind of fighting against that a little bit as well. And to be honest, Fulham started pretty well. They had a couple of chances in the first half. Um, Wayne Hennessy, who was my joint man of the match, I think actually, and I'll mention the other guy a bit later on, but um, made a couple of really good saves in the first half. And to be honest, over this whole game, he looked a bit of a different uh, a different proposition. We've always struggled with a goalkeeper position, as you know. Uh, Wayne Hennessy had a good end to last season, to be fair, but we signed uh, Vicente Gaeta from Getafe in the summer. From um, yeah, for well well regarded, highly regarded in the Liga uh, in terms of uh, you know shot stopping and kept a he kept a famous clean sheet against Barcelona last year, if I remember rightly. Um, so you know he's come in. It's interesting that you know it could be that you know competition for places is, is something that might help Wayne Hennessy as, as as the season goes on. But um, obviously, played well in this game, made three or four good saves, and it could have been quite different if Fulham had scored in that first half. But that's why you have a you know a goalkeeper in goal, you know, to make those saves that you kind of expect him to do. And uh, and we kind of went on from there. So it's quite a fairly even first. I think Fulham might may have just edged that first half. Um, but as the second half wore on, uh, well, actually, no, we scored right at the end of the first half, which probably helped us more and and and, and set Fulham back a, a fair bit with uh, with an excellent goal from Jeffrey Schlupp, actually, really well worked out wide. Uh, Jeffrey Schlupp fired in, I think it's his 100th league appearance, not for Palace, but as a, as a whole. And he's one of those players who tends to suffer from being a player that can play in several different positions. You know, he, a little bit like a James Milner and perhaps his career has struggled a little bit because of that. Tended to be a, a bit of a safe bet as a 
as a substitute more than a starting place. But he's he's had a good pre-season um, and he scored in you know, the first game of the season, he scored a very good goal. Uh, and we went on from strength to strength off down in the second half, really. We kind of showed our experience you know being in the Premier League against Fulham and um, they, they they were they probably weren't the same proposition in the second half I think that uh, goal late in the first half uh, against them uh, knocked them a little bit and um, you could see us Palace growing in confidence as the game went on Will Saha was playing as uh, you know, as we would normally expect him, you know, our talisman. But it wasn't just him. It was a really good all-round team performance. Um, I mentioned Hennessy already. Aaron Wambasaka was my joint man of actual Wayne Hennessy. He had a stunning game. Again, I think it's his eighth appearance in the Premier League. He had about six in the Premier League last season and his opening four appearances during a horrendous uh, injury crisis that we had. He, played, he replaced uh, Joel Ward. Um, and he, and in consecutive games, he played against uh, four of the top six sides in the Premier League and just didn't look out of place at all. Um, and uh, again, against Fulham, he had a real say in the um, in, in the second goal, which turned out to be the killer goal for, uh, for, for, for Palace and a, a great move out wide. Uh, Wan-Bissaka was fouled by uh, Mitrovic, but... I noticed a lot of players in the Premier would probably have stayed on the floor at that point to claim the foul, but he got up, ran with a ball, um, beat Ryan Sessegnon for pace, which I don't think many people have said that over the last uh, yeah. the last 12 months or so, um, and slotted, uh, put a great ball in for Zaho, who just had to round the keeper and, and sold it away. And it was a really good second half performance from a Palace side, which kind of, kind of showed their experience from being a top this is our sixth consecutive season in the Premier League uh, and as I mentioned it's a really good team performance and you know we've had a summer where we've kind of lost Johan Kabay from our midfield and, and there was a lot of concern about how we're going to replace you know, a player of his calibre um, although to be fair he, he struggled to finish games last season so um, perhaps we needed a bit of reliability in, in the middle but um, I have special mention to Mamadou Sako as well as uh, James Tompkins who have formed a, a fantastic partnership in the centre of defence I think don't think they've lost a game uh, all the time they've partnered each other and, and both had a few injury problems last season um, but finished the season really strongly and again have started again strongly and you know, no disrespect to Fulham but we're going to face stronger teams than that uh, in terms of attack wise uh, this season but really happy with three points on the first day of the season uh, happy with the second half performance particularly and uh, and yeah there, there was a lot to be uh, a lot to be happy about on, on, on uh, Saturday evening to be fair. Yeah, it was certainly a nice win, and having Zaha kind of slot at home to just settle the nerves there towards the end, I'm sure mm. was a was a welcome relief, especially after some missed chances by Benteke. But we won't get into that. <laughs> <laughs> to but, be fair, uh, to be fair, we we did we did talk just before the pod actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. thought Benteke had a good game. We, you know, he he really suffered last season, and not not just on the pitch. He I think he scored two Premier League goals all season, um, but he, he looked a player that kind of suggested he could be on his way back because uh, one chance he had, it was in the highlights, he, he really ricked his neck to get to a header in between two centre-backs. Uh, and if, if only for a, for a great save by the keeper, Fulham keeper, it would have been in the back of the net. And, and that kind of, that, that, that screamed to me as a, a Benteke of old. So as long as Andros and, and Wolf keep, uh, you know, keep giving him those chances, uh, you know, in the penalty area, then I, I'm sure he's going to be back on the goal-scoring trial sooner rather than later. And, uh, and, and hopefully he will be because he really suffered both on and off the pitch last season through, um, yeah, through that goal drought and, and really struggling. And it wasn't for the want of trying. It's just, it was just one of those things. You know, he, he was 
it, it was kind of like a you know a, a foot off the pace in different places you know just slightly in the wrong position and yeah he wasn't getting the bounce of the ball but you know as a striker you, you got to have a little bit of luck as well as uh, as well as being informed so um fingers crossed if you know if we can get him scoring again then yeah we could we could push on for a good season yeah, and I, I was actually on a Fulham preview earlier this week where I said the same thing, that, that Fulham fans, uh, some of them were disappointed to have lost the opening match to Palace, but I don't mm. think that'll look like a bad loss um, in a few weeks or further on in the season. Um, other very exciting news, it seems to all be positive at Palace at the moment. Um, not only does Wolfrey <laughs> Zaha not leave during the, uh, at least the, the British transfer window, now that there are two separate ones, but he re-ups, he signs a long-term contract at the club. Obviously, we know his importance in terms of if he plays, you win, and if he doesn't, you don't. Um, but uh, how encouraging is it to see a player like Zaha, who has, of course, been at the club for a while now, uh, sign on long-term? I think it's massive for a club like Palace. You don't see loyalty in football very often, and it only remains to be seen how long he will stay at the club after this contract. You know, a lot of people, particularly opposition fans, are saying, "Well, that only means you're going to be able to become more of a fee for him next summer when he goes." We we just we just don't know that. I mean, we, Palace fans have been saying we were hoping we'd keep him for at least another season. There was a lot of talk in the summer about him going, but but Wilf and the club never kind of entertained anything. You know, even even through a lot of media speculation, both in the in the newspapers and online. So, I I think you know the club can be applauded for for keeping Will for the club and showing some ambition. You know, we've made a, a you know a few good signings in the summer to kind of add to a squad of players which play some good football. As you mentioned, Kevin, you know, we, I don't think Palace get a lot of praise for you know for, for doing some of the things we have done. We had a great end to last season. We finished eleventh in the Premier League after what was. A horrendous start to the season. Seven games without a goal and, a, and, and without any points. A lot of people had us down. You know, even after seven games, a lot of people said that we would we'd never recover. Um, but we we did. And you know, you could say that it was a poor Premier League last season because the bottom half of the table was so close. But you know, given given the rest of the teams that that head start is in the Premier League, which is you know, top division in English football, it's. You can't, you know, we we certainly can't afford to do that again because, you know, maybe it was a one-off season. But, you know, we clawed our way back. It took a while. Uh, Hodgson was, uh, you know, instrumental in that. It took a little while for the players to get his ideas. But, you know, we finished 11th. And I think, you know, you look back on, you know, in seasons to come and look back and think, actually, Palace had a decent season, finished 11th. It doesn't tell the whole story at all. It was horrendous. And add to that the injury nightmare that we have as well. Certainly not making excuses, but 11th place was... Was a terrific finish. I mean, that 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 you could say that's as good as a top six finish for Palace, really, when you think about how how the season went and and and, and look back at that. But but you're right, Fulham Fulham fans shouldn't be disheartened with that performance. You know, they've they've added a, a number of players. I think I read that they added they only had 16 players turn up for pre-season because uh, they had a number of loan signings last season. So obviously they weren't coming back to the club after their promotion. So you know, I think a lot of Fans are kind of in the know, knew that they'll be making a few signings. Obviously, didn't realise they'd spend the money they have, but it's only a matter of time. It's his first game of the season, and um, like I said, Palace have played some good stuff. And you know, while it's it's Crystal Palace, and some fans might be disappointed, um, you know, we we've got the core of a really good side at, at the club at the moment, with a couple of players still to, still to kind of come in and and break into the side. And as long as we don't suffer an injury crisis, touch wood, like last season. You know, I think we're right to be, you know, fairly if looking forward to the season. And Zaha staying is just, 
it's just what we wanted to hear. I mean, Steve Parrish has a great relationship with uh, Wolf Saha. Um, they've done everything they can to keep him at the club and, um, you know, keeping him across the summer. Whether they had any bids or not, it's not been revealed whether we actually had any official bids. There was rumours that Chelsea and Spurs were, were sniffing around. Um, Borussia Dortmund was the other one as well, which... To be honest, if any Palace fan like me, you know, wanted, you know, uh, had to see Wolf go anywhere, would have said Dortmund and away from the Premier League. But um, uh, the, the club have done a fantastic job signing for another five years. As it is, whether it means we command a bigger fee next summer for him, I don't care. But to be honest, I think the opposition fans don't realise how important Wolf is to our side. You know, I think there was rumours of you know Palace wanted seventy million for him, and and, and some people saying that's laughable, but. To Palace, he is worth that, probably more than that. Because without Wilf, we're not a one-man team because we have some quality in the side, but Wilf is our, our talisman. He's come up through the academy. He is Palace. I mean, um, I, I think the uh, I think the, the slogan by the club uh, when he signed his deal this week was, uh, I am Palace. And, and that is literally, you know, he's going into the realms of being our best ever player because he's just, he's, we're seeing him play the best football of his career you know, had that stumble going to United and maybe that has an impact on his decision as to whether he wants to go or wants to stay. If Wilf wanted to go, he'd have gone by now. I'm pretty sure of it. You know, he, players have done that before. If they're, if they're not happy at a, at a club, they want more money and, and, and looking for elsewhere. And some people are saying that he's not very ambitious by staying at Palace, but you know, I think you've got to applaud a player because you don't really get that very often in football these days. And, you know, and it's great. It's great for Palace, you know. Just being purely selfish, we get to see Wilf week in, week out. Um, you know, tearing fullbacks to shreds, um, and uh, and long may it continue. If we get another year out of him, then great. Uh, if it's even longer, then fantastic. But uh, yeah, it's we're just waiting for something to go wrong. We're just waiting to, to go around the corner because we don't. We haven't really experienced a summer like this. There's always been management upheaval or or, or a big player going or uh, rumours about this, that and the other or starting the season badly. Um, but we've had a good summer under Roy Hodgson. We've had, you know, we've made a few additions to the, to the squad and everything so far has gone to plan. So, um, it's not very palace, <laughs> but you know, again, I'm, I'm touching a lot of wood because my desk here is wood and, um, uh, fingers crossed that we can, you know, we, we go into a tough second game of the season. But after that, the fixtures are relatively kind. So, um, you know, play play anything like we can do. Um, yeah, we, we could be pushing on for, for a good set of points come uh, the end of September. Yeah, I think probably the most encouraging thing as a fan of any team is there isn't a clear weakness in this 11, mm. um, which is certainly uh, encouraging. Of course, you do have the goalkeeper situation still Yet to settle. I, I don't think many fans yeah. externally expected Hennessy to start week one, um, which obviously he did. But the, I feel like that's really the only unresolved thing left in the squad. Um, of, again, from the outside looking in. Um, you mentioned uh, there's still players to come in. Obviously, um, you had uh, a transfer window, unlike some teams. <clears throat> um, but you did <laughs> bring in uh, Guaita, as we've talked about, to John Dwayne Hennessy and goal. Then you also signed uh, former Premier Leaguer Sheku Kuyate and Jordan Ayu as well as former Wunderkind, Max Meyer. Uh, what did you make of each of those signings? Um, very happy. I think they've been shrewd signings. We, we've lost a few players. I mentioned Kabai um, has gone in the summer, which is a big loss for us. Uh, quite a fan favourite, but on the flip side, he wasn't finishing games. And, and, and a lot of time, for quite a few games last season, that kind of hurt us a little bit, losing that quality in the midfield. Um, I think obviously James MacArthur is the perfect slot in 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 the midfield alongside 
uh, Luca, which uh, you know, I think James McArthur is just a solid midfielder. You know, he's, he's no frills. Um, he, he's a skillful player, scores goals, um, but just gets on with a job. And he, he, does, he does that quiet job that, you, you know, players very very rarely will get man a match and, and will very rarely get noticed in the midfield. But he just does that job, you know, kind of like the glue to the side in the middle. You know, Luca uh, will ping balls around the middle, um, you know, score goals as well and, and be a bit... Uh, a little bit different, and and you're and you're noticing, but but MacArthur will just get on and do, uh, do do that quiet job. Um, I think midfield was a posi- an area where we we've lost a couple of players that have like fringe players like uh, Chung Young Lee has uh, has left the club after his contract went uh, wound down. Also, have lost Bakary Sacco. To be honest, both of those players. You could question whether they're a Premier League class. Bakary Sako had a small stint last season before he broke his ankle, but that's probably the only stint we've ever seen from him over a period of time. And Chun Young Lee really just didn't uh, didn't make an impact and uh, was always uh, a bench player. And I think the viewpoint is that we get a few signings in, like we have done, uh, and also you know with the breakthrough of Aaron Wan-Bissaka last season and coming into this one, we do have some very talented youngsters waiting in the wings, and we signed five or six of them on pro contracts this summer uh, with the view to um, hopefully, you know, put them on the bench, give them a bit of experience. And, you know, if one has an opportunity like Wan Bazaka did last season, you know, they'll be, these players will be chomping at a bit, look, seeing, seeing what Aaron did uh, getting into the side. So um, there's no reason why we you know, perhaps couldn't have another player uh, push through toward, uh, at some point this season. But hopefully one comes to that because obviously Aaron got his chance through uh, uh, what was a horrific injury crisis. But Czech Kyoto, first one, I would say, Premier League uh, experience. I think when you talk to West Ham fans, they're probably a little bit disappointed they've lost him. Um, but he's, um, you know, he's. I think he's had over 100 appearances in the Premier League. And I think, that, you know, that, that that signing is quite underrated in terms of what we need in the club. Um, and I think that's a really good addition. The other one was, you mentioned Max Meyer. Um, bit of a gamble. Um, he was at Schalke. I think he was frozen out towards the end of last season. But I think statistically, he was the fourth best midfielder in the Bundesliga last season behind three Bayern Munich players um, for the time he spent on the pitch last season, which you know, says an awful lot about his talent and what he could bring to a Palace side. I think he could play all the way, all across the midfield. And, you know, a lot of clubs across Europe were kind of, you know, tempted with his signature. I think he, uh, Marseille were interested, Liverpool were sniffing around at some point, Arsenal as well. Um, and I think it's a bit of a coup uh, for Palace to get him. Uh, Admittedly, a bit of a gamble as well, um, because he he wouldn't renew his contract at Schalke because he wanted more money, he wanted a better deal, um, and they wouldn't um, you know give in to his demands. But um, you know he's he, he's come to Palace, he's he's taken Kabaya's number seven shirt, and uh, I think he could probably uh, in the longer term have an impact like Kabaya has. I think uh, a lot of people, a lot of fans are excited about him. Um, Gaeta is just that goalkeeper signing. I mean. A lot of fans are a little bit nervous about the goalkeeping position because of the experience we have with Steve Mandanda. Steve Mandanda came in from Marseille a couple of seasons ago. A lot of fans are like, yeah, great. We've solved our goalkeeping crisis. So Wayne Hennessy, you know, a lot of question marks over him uh, over the last few years. And Mandanda was going to be that guy to come in. I think he played the first six games, didn't play again. Um, and then Hennis is back in the side, made a few rickets, and we're we're back to square one again. So the jury's out on Gaeta, but you know he comes from the Liga, as I mentioned, uh, very highly rated. 
Um, learning English, can't speak much English at the moment, so that probably suggests why he hasn't started the season just yet. But you know, let him acclimatise to the Premier League, get used to being in London, and uh, hopefully when we need to call upon him, he'll be he'll be raring to go and pretty decent backup to have. He, you know, I, I'm I'm fully expecting at one point for him to come in and probably won't won't lose his spot again after he does get that number one jersey. But to be fair to uh, Twain Hennessy, he had a good end to last season, good start to this with uh, with the clean sheet at Fulham. So can't really say too much about it. And obviously, if it you know competition for places, I think make, makes players play better. We haven't really had that an awful lot in recent seasons. And the other signing he mentioned there is uh, the loan signing of Jordan Ayew from uh, from Swansea. Good signing for me because I think we struggled last season up front uh, when Benteke was going through his uh, his horror show last season and not scoring goals. Um, Connor Wickham was uh, uh, was out injured and he's he's going to be back. He's he had a he's had a pre-season, but he he got a niggling injury in in, in pre-season, which was a real shame. But you know we we've got firepower up front now. We've got Alexander Soloff that we signed in January, uh, Norwegian striker. We've also got Jordan Ayew who's come in, who is a bit different to the rest of the players. He's got you know got a bit of skill about him, can come back and pick the ball up and do something with it. We saw him score some great goals for Swansea last season, so I think he gives us something a little bit different, and he can play wide as well. So um, you know gives us options. Uh, you know, all across uh, all across the side, really, for, with, with those signings. So, yeah, I I think a lot of Palace fans are quietly pleased about you know the summer uh, that we've had. Uh, it was relatively late in in the transfer window to get all those uh, over because I think at one point we only had one signing, which is Gaeta, which you know suggested that we were going to do a Spurs, um, but thankfully we didn't. Um, and yeah, Max Meyer I think is the one that fans are looking at. But you can't underestimate the uh, Coate signing because I think he he did some. He was he was fondly uh, fondly liked by West Ham fans. I I, I know that, and um, I think he'd be a, it'd be a really solid addition to our side. And he can score goals, can play centre back as well, which is another position that you know we we probably were lacking in in, in depth as well. So if we need him to, then then perhaps uh, you know that could be a role at some point. But um, but yeah, uh, all in all, we've had a good summer. Uh, but I think the biggest the biggest thing was keeping Wilf at the club, uh, which, you know, take nothing away from the signs we've made. Keeping Wilf was probably the number one aim. We've done that. We've made a few additions. Ready to go. Yeah, on Max Meyer, because he is the, the highest profile of the signings you made. Mm. Uh, last year, he was shifted back to play deeper in, in the formation at Schalke than he had previously, where he had been classified as a number 10. In which role would you prefer to That's see right. him? And do you think we'll see him at Crystal Palace? Oh, this is a good question. I mean, we've got, you know, Luca is that kind of defensive midfielder who tends to sit back and protect the protect the back four. But as we saw last season, he was one of those players which you, you kind of expected him to protect the back four. But he, he did come forward an awful lot, and uh, it's it's difficult because I think uh, I think Meyer was very highly rated when he was put back in that position by by his coach, and that's where he. He started, you know, being noticed with uh, some of the big statistics that he was pulling up in the, in the Bundesliga, and um, it'd be interesting. I mean, having seen some of the the clips of him and, and knowing him from Schalke last season, he, he can play in a number of different positions across the midfield. Um, it's difficult to know which position is going to be best for him, really. Whether whether Luca's going to be the one that's going to take that role, sitting a bit deeper, you know, protecting the back four, or whether and whether Meyer's going to be more of a a, a Kabai like player with uh, you know being able to put his foot on the ball and 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 just uh, you know be that playmaker as it were because you know, Luca's really good and it, and I think Luca's got better uh, in his time at Palace in, in terms of being a being a playmaker as well as that that hard tackling midfielder and obviously we saw him score 
uh, a number of goals last season, mostly from the penalty spot, but you know he scored a couple of screamers from outside the area as well, which is kind of what you expect from that deep line midfielder role. So we don't we don't really want two of those in, in the same side. Um, although you know there, there could be scenarios where you know you, you could want that, which gives us again you know, gives us options uh, in the midfield because obviously with the likes of Wilf and, and Andros, um, you know being so attack minded, Benteke up front, and then you've got. Um, the overlapping of Van Harnholt, which I haven't mentioned yet, who who had an excellent season last season, um, scored goals as well. You know, he he's just as good going forward. Um, and on the flip side, Wan-Bissaka, as we saw on 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 Saturday, that yeah, he gets forward as well. So, you know, there will be occasions where we we might use the two deep laying midfield uh, players. But I think I, I'm wondering whether we kind of release Meyer into into a player which you know could be that playmaker role rather than the one he was playing at Schalke. But it's certainly going to be interesting to to see how Hodgson decides to use him really. Whether whether Luca is going to be that guy that's going to step forward a bit further. But I I've got an inkling that Luca might be that guy that sits in front of the back four um, and, and Meyer is a, is given a bit of a little bit of free reign a little bit in, in terms of taking that role uh, that Kabai held in the side when he played last season. Gotcha. Well, it'll certainly be be interesting to see as he does have mm. all those tools there. It's just yeah. where will Palace deploy him? For me, I, I kind of assumed he would replace what Punchin used to do, but he wasn't really heavily involved last year, of course, with the big injury yeah. uh, playing a factor there. But um, it's just another very good player into a Crystal Palace team that seems mm. to have a lot of them around the pitch. Um, mm. With with all those uh, additions and the fact that. Again, you statistically underperformed last season a lot um, mm. and, and therefore could get better this season. Are the expectations higher because people are aware that you, quote unquote, should have had a better season last year? Or would finishing around 10th be good enough for the fan base? Good question. Really good question. I, I think for a team like Palace, it's always going to be uh, no different to a lot of teams in, in our position is that that 40 point bar a 40 point mark is going to be the one where you're going to look for straight away obviously that was a long time coming last season um well i mean we didn't actually need the 40 point mark as it turned out last season i think some people are suggesting that it could be similar this year that a 35 36 mark uh, will be the kind of barrier but i think it's difficult because you don't want to you sort of count your chickens too much a little bit but we're not we're not a cocky fan base. We're not we're not a side that you know expects a, a top ten finish, um, and um, and we know what can happen in a season as we've seen last season and, and before. And obviously we we had a eleventh place finish, which was completely out of the blue last season. But there are hopes that you know if we can finish eleventh after that horror start to last season, the additions that we've made, we've obviously lost Ruben Loftus Cheek, who was uh, who was a big player for us last season behind Wilf. He did actually miss three months of the season, to be fair. So, you know, we did get through periods uh, without him. But he was uh, he was part of that side that had a really good run into the end of the season and helped us finish in 11th place. And obviously got into the England squad off the back of that as well, which is no mean feat. Um, so we're going to we're gonna miss him. But it, 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 in terms of expectations, a top 10 finish, I think, for Palace will, will be the one that we'll be looking at. I think there's no reason why we can't try and better that 10th place finish that we had under Tony Pulis in the Premier League a, a few seasons ago. Like I say, this is a sixth season in the Premier League. Um, a lot of fans are kind of thinking, well, you know, what have we got to show for the sixth, sixth season in the Premier League? But as we've seen, you know, last season was was massive because you had three established Premier League sides go getting relegated, uh, which is probably, it doesn't happen very often where, 
you know, none of the bottom three that you know, actually go down to the championship are a newly promoted side. And, and that's exactly what happened last year. West Brom have been in the Premier League for, for a number of seasons, same as Stoke uh, and Swansea as well. So I think there's always that little bit of caution when it comes to, uh, particularly Palace. Um, we won't be the only club like that. A lot of people will underestimate Palace this season, but, you know, we play good football. I've, I've seen it at Celeste last season, even though we were struggling at points, there were occasions where we were still playing good football, um, but but just not getting the results. And thankfully that kind of, you know, we, we got out of that habit and, and we actually picked up the results we perhaps deserved uh, towards the end of the season. But a top 10 finish, I think, and a, and a decent round of cut would, would, would be a good season for Palace. Would be a really good season. There's a lot of positivity around at the moment, off the back of Will signing a five-year deal, uh, a good summer for the club in terms of transfer, you know, additions in the transfer market. Um, let's have a good run to to the end of the year and see where we are come the January transfer window and go from there. But I think, you know, initial thoughts are get to that 40-point barrier and then see what part of the season we are at that point and go from there. But like I say, there's no reason why the way the Premier League is this season and and, and the teams that are in it. Uh, no disrespect to anybody, but you know, if we have a fit side, a fit squad of players, we have enough in us to get into a top ten finish. So, you know, no reason why we can't go for that. Yeah, well, we certainly wish you luck with that. Uh, that'll do it for us today. So, if you want to tell the folks where they can find you, now be a good time. Yeah, of course. Um, we're very active on Twitter, so you head on over to at the Eagles Beat, which is. Uh, uh, we're on there all the time. We love chatting to opposition fans as well as our own, of course. So uh, we're very open to that. You can find our website, theeaglesbeak.com. Um, head on over, leave your comments. There's a lot of stuff on there, obviously a lot about Palace, but we also talk about uh, football in general uh, and also the Palace ladies as well. So um, just quickly wish them luck uh, for this season as they're in the uh, WSL Championship, the restructured division. So looking forward to that. All right, well, thanks again, Jay, for joining us, and I'm sure we'll speak soon. Cheers, guys.